Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. All right, it is time for that Davis show. We are back another week breaking down anything sports, maybe a little bit of the realm outside of sports, even sometimes social justice, but we have no social. Well, you know what? I do have social justice here, and it's going to be in the off top uh, segment of the show. My name is Kenneth Davis. I'm your host. Follow me at That's Davis. You know, my man to the white, right, I mean, the left of me right now with the long hair. He cut his sides. But that right here is for charity, everyone. That is. Yeah. He's donating. All right. So guess what, Charity? Twelve inches coming right at you someday. Whoa, dude. Pause. <laughs> pause, man. What? Pause. That's the length that's gotta be to donate. <laughs> Come on. His name is Ryan Bukovesky. Follow him at Ryan B. Ski and Ryan B. Ski one on Instagram. Scott, I mean, I would say guys, but Ryan, let's go off top. Off top. I'm leading off. Oh, Tim Anderson? Of course. Well, I would have went, I would have picked up that, that slider, that breaking ball. Okay. Tim. That's, you know, Tim and that breaking ball, it's like, whoa, Tim, right? Like, they're hitting with the change-ups lately. Oh, so you're going full Jose Abreu. Okay. Oh, now oh, I got yeah. it. All right, my first off top is the one, the only, uh, Mr. Stays putting his foot in his mouth, but still brings in top flight recruiting classes, Dabo Swinney, head coach of the Clemson Tigers. Dabo recently came out and says that he doesn't believe in Black Lives Matter as a political party. So let me let me point that part out as a separation because to a certain degree, I'm more about Black Lives Matter as Black Lives Matter than being behind necessarily the organization. So I'm taking no swipe at him at that. But he went on to say that he's apolitical, but after saying he's, which means he doesn't participate in politics, everyone, if you don't know the definition of apolitical. He then went on to discuss how he's voted Democrat, Republican, Independent, and wrote in wrote in names, sign in ballots of people who wouldn't even matter because he didn't like either candidate. So also he just threw his vote away, which is his right by being an American citizen. But the fact he says he's apolitical and then tells us that he's voting just points out the hypocrisy of one, the only Dabo Swinney. All right, and the throw on that he said he's been doing it since eighteen. I'm 18, yeah, since he was 18. I've been voting since I was 18. I took it seriously. And also pointed out since he was down in Alabama that, you know, and how, you know, they don't change anything, right? Which is always, you don't want to say that too much, especially to some of us. When I never liked, I never liked to upset the apple cart. And it's like, keep keep them tilling. Keep them tilling and picking up that cotton. Uh, Right? You either run the rock or you till. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, but listen, a caller into his radio show mentioned that uh, he didn't like the fact that uh, players or anybody had anything that said Black Lives Matter because it's a hate group. It's hate against cops. And Dabo did go on to say, if you think it's hate against, if you think this hate against cops, that you're crazy, basically, too. Uh, my thing with Dabo is this. He still hasn't done a full Mia Copa uh, in the way to me that Drew Brees did for what he said in the past and then what he said uh, before the summertime about not taking a knee and how he felt about it because his, his, both his grandfather served in the Great War, which a lot of our family members have served 
in plenty of wars. I have several, to say the least, and have family members that are serving in the army or the armed forces, I should say, right now. So it's not just uh, something that's uh, dabble. All of us, even people that want our rights to be enforced, have family members that have given up their lives, uh, given up their bodies to serve this, this nation of America. All right. But my thing is, Dabo still hasn't just come out and been like, you know what? My past thoughts all the way were, were incorrect, you know, and I can see the closed mindedness of what I was saying. You know, like he still wants to toe the line to make those people happy. And my only issue is, yeah, you can toe that line, but the people, and this is my problem, that you should be trying to make happy are those recruits because those are the people that you're trying to draw in. But he doesn't really have to because since Clemson wins as often as they win, as they win People are still going to send their kids to him to try to get the, the best option to perhaps get to the NFL. So it's not going to really come to haunt him until people start really putting fire to him to make him have to agree with the thoughts of the people that he uses to boost his salary every few years after they get to or win a national championship. So that's my problem with Dabo Swinney. You make so much after the blood and sweats of black people, but you kind of understand what they're going through in America, but not fully understanding it and fully acknowledging it because you don't want to upset the good old boys. And to be honest with you, fuck the good old boys. That's my off top. That's the first one. Yeah. Rage and hate. Go ahead, please. What are you about to say? Well, I like how you said toe in the line. Like this dude, read his transcript, anybody that hasn't seen it. He's going just back and forth on everything. Like, oh, I don't agree with this. But at the same time, I'm definitely for everybody. But if you're against, and then just over and over, garbage, garbage, garbage. And like you said, man, just talk about, I hope his players feel disrespected right now with what he just said. I hope so. I hope so. I hope especially when that black quarterback after Trevor Lawrence leaves can really put like, you know what? I'm not going out there today, son. Right. <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh. How about you put a sticker of BLM right on the Clemson paw on the side of the helmet and be like, oh, take that, Dabo. Steam, steam out of his ears, top pop. All right? Totally. Steam, top pop for Mr. Independent Dabo Sweeney. I got to give him a little credit, though, too, because uh, usually he uses the Bible as his little scapegoat for everything. But he couldn't figure out a way to get the Bible into this one. So he switched it up. He used uh, some different excuses out here. He's like, you know what? I got to keep this fresh. I can't just keep blaming Jesus Christ on everything. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it. Uh, So listen, my next off top. Uh, Off top? It's time, of course, after the season. But it's time for Ricky Renteria, Rick Renteria, the White Sox manager, to escort his ass on because I'm tired of it, all right? And this goes back to the Carlos Rodon. Uh, it, it, putting a Carlos Rodon in uh, a, a few days, but four or five days ago when he just came off, uh, what was just activated, him and uh, Aaron Bummer. Uh, and Rodon in, in a high-pressure um, situation as a relief pitcher. He's been a start. He hasn't been a relief pitcher since his, his rookie season. Uh, wet the bed, basically. So, that, I mean, again, rookie has plenty of these, but I'm just talking about this last week. And then if you didn't see this White Sox game where you had Lucas Giolito in the first game of the Wild Card Series against the Oakland A's in Oakland, uh, pitch a gym. Basically had a perfect game going in six six and a quarter innings or something like that. Well, no, seven innings. Well, six and a quarter because he, I think that's when he got. Yeah, hit. that's when he he, uh, he had a no a perfect game through six. He's the fifth player in postseason yeah. history to do so. Right. So uh, again, listen, it was fine with him leaving the men after he gave up that that base hit. That that was fine. But when you when they came back 
uh, in the, it was the seventh or the eighth. It was the seventh. When they came back in the seventh, and uh, Lucas sat there and had that one man on base, then he got a second man on base and sat there, and uh, um, Ricky Ventura came out to talk to him. Uh, Lucas told him, you know, everything's right, just trust me. Listen, I understand what Lucas said. You shouldn't have because this is the playoffs. This isn't – and it, listen, you can't really do this. And I was, again, brought this up a lot in the postgame show on NBC Sports Chicago. This is a sprint, not a marathon with 60 games. This isn't a fill-out time, really, with 60 games. But I would be a lot more understanding, especially if this was early in those 60 games rather than the last month, and particularly the first game or any game in the effing playoffs. So he sat there, went and sat his ass down, all right? Then Lucas gives up the, gives up a run, basically. They got to pull him, right? So they finally pull him. Uh, but they get more hitters on him. The hitters, I mean, the Oakland A's. And the whole, the whole situation was this. You had them, all right? Once, once Lucas put the first guy on base, pull Lucas, because one saved Lucas. I know that you could look at the – he didn't throw 100 pitches at that time or whatever. But still, you have to remember, these are high any leverage inning pitches that he's throwing. Like, these are playoff – this is playoff innings. This is ratcheted up more. That's not, that's not a regular uh, inning that he's throwing right there. It's, 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 it's more intensity. You know what I'm saying? So it's time to pull him. The perfect listen. I would have left him in for the, especially since he wasn't given, he didn't have that many pitches. I would have left him in for the whole game if he threw a perfect game. And I would have, as a Sox fan, been understanding and leaving your ace or number two starter, depending on how you look at Dallas Keiko. I would have been fine with leaving him in just to go for that because he hadn't given, he hadn't thrown that many pitches. Now, had he had been at a hundred pitches in the seventh or close to it, I'd be like, you got to pull that ass out, right? But he hadn't. He was he was pitching the gym. It was listen. It was. I was worried. I think we all knew the odds of him getting the perfect game were slim. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were slim, but it was like, whoa, right? Like, oh, my goodness. I remember thinking, like, oh, man, he got this no-no. I kept thinking in the first inning. I was like, wait, he hasn't walked anybody. This is a no-no. This is a perfect effing game, right? And um, I'm just tired of Ricky Renteria. The guys on the text line was like, give him another chance. Yeah. Right? And it's like, listen, had, had the floodgates opened up after that, Everyone would have lost their mind. My point was, I don't want to try to open up the floodgates. Like, that's like you, Ryan, and you're over there by the floodgates messing with the handle. handle. Right? Like, why? Just leave the floodgates closed. There's no reason for you to be tinkering with the damn floodgate handle. But it's fun. Come on, check it out. (laughs) (laughs) No, let let it be. Right? Like, so to see him come out there and leave Lucas, Lucas Giolito in, it just didn't make sense. That's just that's just the honest guy truth. This isn't being a, a backseat driver. I'm just stating facts. Once he the, the the perfect game was gone, and listen, you sat there, you brought him back out. Cool. But once he put that man on base, you pulled that ass out for his own good. I mean, Lucas, I know you want to say, but guess what? Give me that ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, give me that ball. You know what? We don't know what Houston or uh, the Twins are going to be like in the next round. So you know, what? let me let me get that ball because I may need you to go deep. Into the, right. listen, it may get to I may need you to come out of the bullpen for a game after you started uh, you started three days ago so you know what I need all those bullets in that gun so give it up perfect game's gone give it up that's it that's all I'm asking for common sense but don't sit there and almost blow it to the Oakland, Oakland Athletics who you knocked out their ace things are groovy you almost do and I know four and one doesn't seem like they almost gave it up they almost gave that up we're talking about a White Sox team that's been losing all right, eight of their last nine and like what, uh, twelve of their last like thirteen or fourteen or something? They've been losing horribly. All right, 
Now, Lewis Robert has woken up the last regular season game and this game and looks a little bit better. Eloy is out. And I know, you know, saying uh, Jessica Mendez was talking about, or Mendoza. Is it Mendoza or Mendez? Let me get Mendoza. It. Mendoza, okay. Mendoza. But we're sitting there talking about, you know, look at this team without uh, Eloy. And, um, of course, they can do – they can hit bombs without Eloy. But you don't want to be out here without Eloy. So, uh, again, stop playing. Like, look, let's let's not take this – let's take this as seriously what it, what it is, is, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And that's my last off the top. Yeah, you know, what was kind of interesting to me in that game, because I'm with you, like, you get six perfect innings – don't worry like you have to be cute in the regular season and give the guy a perfect game. Like you got Crochet, Bummer, Colome. Let those dudes do what they do, and that is close out innings and high leverage situations. You got your seventh, eighth, and ninth guy right there, and you could just really mix it up. And the other fear always sometimes when you leave a guy in, it's always that third appearance, and that's when they were starting to hit him a little bit better. They were getting an idea, especially, hey, You've only played your uh, geographic division. Like, no one's gone west, no one's gone east. So these two facing each other, you know, the A's don't know what the White Sox are like. They didn't play them at all this year. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to give them any kind of opportunities where they see a guy for the third time, he starts hitting them. Get him out immediately and put in those guys that kill it, like I just said, in uh, Bummer, Calaman, Crochet, and let them finish that thing. Now, my only pushback would be this. That with Giolito, because I thought the same thing with what you were saying, but he his pitch count was so low, I thought it was fine to leave him in there and go for the perfect game. If his pitch game was 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 he had a lot of pitches, if he had pitched thrown a lot of pitches, I would have been like, no, he forget that perfect game. But there's another thing: we don't know who's going to that third game, and chances are you're going to need that bullpen to go deep. So I was fine with like, you know what? Because we don't know what with Kaiku. Kaiku may only go five tomorrow, you know. So. You may need to bullpen then and for the third game. So it was cool if Gio was going to eat up a couple innings because his pitch count was so low. So that was fine. But once he had once he had a man on base, you could have pulled him out. You brought him back for the next inning, all right? Once he got two guys on base, it was time to go, all right? Like, you don't – listen, this is the playoffs. Don't play with any of these teams. Right. The 16 teams have gotten in this year, but don't play with none of them because basically everyone's been 500 or, you know, slightly above 500, even though there's some, some teams under in there. But everyone's been average or slightly above average. Don't tinker around with anybody, man. The parity has been excellent this year if you enjoy parity like the NFL, in the NFL for the MLB outside of uh, the Dodgers, basically. And some parts of that year, of this past year, San Diego, and even you could say slightly the Sox until the, this last month. All right, but outside of that, and the Cubs at the beginning of the season when they just took off at the beginning of the year. But outside of that, it's been a lot of parity. So don't play around with the Oakland A's. And then again, they, they, I don't know if a lot of people remember this, and I know that they don't have Motor Hudson, and Zito. White Sox don't have a good history against the Oakland A's. All right? Especially in Oakland. Yeah, they have a very bad Oakland A's history. And again, I know that's ancient, but don't play with Billy Bean's team, all right, and Bob Melvin. Keep... Keep them sleepity, 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 sleep. All right? It's bad enough. Right. I got to see Trevor Simeon, who last year was was in the MVP race, and we looked at his like, hey, get his ass. Just trade his ass away. <laughs> like the damn money ball. You don't oh, need Marcus Simeon. Money ball, how do you find him? Right? Like, hmm, I think that guy can be an MVP. We over here like, shit. <laughs> yeah, so. But- By the way, who was. Uh- you know, God forbid the Sox lose the second game, but who would pitch game three for the White Sox? I don't know if it's Cease or Dunning. 
Um, I, I mean, Dunning really. Who would you trust more? I want to say Dunning, but Cease has more. He has more experience, and Dunning really hasn't looked right his last two outings. But he has such good stuff. Like I know one of them, he won, and he didn't look right. But he 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 had like seven strikeouts on that game or whatever. And he he was pitching glove side out. Like he was he was missing glove side the whole game. Right? He he was sitting there trying to hit the edge, and he was missing, missing, missing. Uh, so I want to, like, if you asked me this two weeks ago, it would have been Dunning. You know what I'm saying? And, and I mean, because Dunning's had a better, I think Dunning's had a better season, even though he's only had, like, three or four starts. I think it's maybe just three. But uh, he's had a better season than these. I mean, the Cease, I want to say. But I think you may have to go with Cease. I could be wrong. And I, I wouldn't put that on Ricky, all right, uh, depending on which way it goes. I won't blame him for that one, but I'll blame him on how long he leaves whatever, which one of them in if things start looking bad. By the way, how about uh, Aaron Judge coming in and getting a two-run shot off Shane Bieber in the opening inning? <laughs> Go figure there, right? <laughs> and listen, and I wanted some of that Yankee smoke, so let you know. I wanted, I was like, you know what? I want, some, I, want that, I want to face the Indians. I want to face that Yankee smoke, the Cleveland baseball team. Let me say that. I want that Yankee smoke. I'm good. <laughs> let me ask you this. Sticking with the Sox, um, I kind of want to go Astros instead of Minnesota, even though the Astros are probably the more dangerous team. But it's usually dangerous to the Sox. Well, it, it definitely helps. No Justin Verlander. Like, just seeing Zach Greinke as the ace was like, that doesn't look right when you're talking about playoff rotation. I mean, he's still a really good pitcher, but, yeah, those – like, the Twins have lost 17 straight postseason games. I didn't even know that's possible. <laughs> so, I don't even know. I don't even think if you wanted the Twins the in the second about, round, listen, they I can. They, I think the Yankees have about eight, six to eight of those. Uh, those oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right, I like, go into New York. <laughs> right. Get swept. Chats <laughs> out of here. Like, Happened last year. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think the Yankees. Listen, they may have more than that. Like the, I, know, I know they ran – Against the Yankees, at least two out of two or three out of those those series that they just got their ass handed to them. Like, just just straight sweeps, not even like oh, stole a game. Yeah, yeah. Now we go to game four. No, no, we're done after sit, three. They sit atop in the big four sports. <laughs> I didn't even know the Blackhawks were in that until it was like from what seventy five to seventy nine. They had lost like sixteen straight playoff games or whatever. Oh man, but that's like when when Makita and them were all old, and you know what I'm saying. So it was like, right or done rather. Uh, so yeah, that one. Yeah, is is it because Nelson Cruz is too old that they can't get past the 17th straight? I'd rather have him than Edwin Encarnacion right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, at least Ricky will give him credit there. He didn't put Edwin in the game. I'm surprised he'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> Don't even worry, he'll be in there tomorrow. We need that bat, that in in a enable bat. We right. got to get him in there. Listen, all the times they didn't play Eagle this year where it was clear that you should have him outside of Mazzara, like, it's better to have a better defender with speed. Like, that's the thing, too. Wouldn't it make more sense if basically, yeah, okay, you got Nick Magical, who's a slappy hitter, right, who I, I, I nickname Worry because he always has a worried look on his face. And then you have uh, Engel, and you sat there, and neither one of them were particularly easy outs. 
Why not play them? Because one, you're adding more speed to the damn lineup. Everyone does not have to be a bomber to be in the lineup. We need guys to get on base for the bombers also. And you also need good defense in, in, in general. So like especially in the playoffs. Yeah, so like, dude, like Mazzara can relax. All right. Let Adam Engel do his dizzle. I definitely would I listen, I will say this that uh uh Lurie Garcia, I think there was a, a a catch in left or two that he caught that I don't think Aloy uh, Jimenez would have caught. I will say that. I do think there were two. So I was happy he was out there, but I would like to see Eloy back in the lineup. Uh, perhaps he's going to have to do a little DHing. You know what I'm saying? If that foot gets a little bit better, you know what I'm saying? If he can sit there and, and go around three times or whatnot. But uh, it would be good. Listen, if, if it would be good if they win tomorrow and they can rest Eloy and hopefully uh, Minnesota breaks that streak so that yeah. that can go to the uh, three games and give the Sox at least a little bit more time to rest Eloy and all their players before entering the next series against either the Twins or the Houston Astros, also known as the Cheetahs. <laughs> you hear that? So you start like trash dance back and back. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I couldn't help. This is a meatball Cub fan moment that I had today watching mm-hmm. the Sox game when they show Keiko. And I was like, ugh, this asswipe. I remember <laughs> I remember when he was like, oh, we Astros are going to have a hangover after our World Series. I remember that. I don't know yeah, about was, those Cubs. That was oh, fun. wait, that was we fun. cheated to get there. I forgot. I think first and foremost, um, I think apologies should be, in, you know, in order for, for if not everybody on the team. And That's how you prevent hangovers. It's like, baby, what are we going to do? We're going to cheat. Yeah. Uh, Let's use that trash can. No wonder he felt confident about your two. It's like, well, I'm cheating at a major league level right now. There's no way we're going to go back into the scum. Some of the greatest cheaters ever. All right. We're going to come back on the other side of this break and uh, delve into a little bit of uh, football. Are we going to do baseball too, Ryan? Yeah, let's preview Cubs. Let's do a little more Sox. And then – Preview the Bears. All right. Well, I told you what's going on. I'll be right back. That Davis show. Daughters in line for the decisions in this game. Davis puts one up in the air. Way back in right center. And goodbye, home run. There's one. That Davis show is time to get to the meat. I'm going to preview a little Cubs baseball. Uh, maybe talk some more socks, and then we definitely got to get into some Bears. A little bit about this past game, and of course, Nick Foles being inserted, but also we really want to hit up on that Indianapolis Colts and uh, the Fountain of Youth, hopefully rejuvenated Phillip Rivers before the, the, the Bears get all up on the top of that old bolo tie wearing mf I got <laughs> I know. I was like, what? That's our guy. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Listen, he's not my guy. Listen, with Nick Foles in, he's not my guy this week, all right? Mm-hmm. If Mitch was in, he'd still be my guy. I still want the Bears to win. But now I'm, I really want the Bears because now there's a chance that perhaps that they can get in the playoffs and score some points. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Let's get into some Cubs, a uh, little bit of Cubs baseball. Ryan, this is your team. All right, so what are mm-hmm. your expectations uh, going into the playoffs? Uh, well, very scared about that offense still. Uh, they looked, I guess, better that last week and the weekend with the Sox, but I'm not going to say that all of a sudden they're a good offensive team. They have been really bad in the month of September when you look at the total numbers. Um, 
I like that Hendricks is starting game one. Uh, just a, it, you could go with you Darvish, but I kind of like him with a little less pressure. And I mm. feel like he would be better in that game two situation. Hendricks, very familiar with closing out teams, very familiar with starting playoff series. Not that you isn't, but I, I'm sure Kyle's, he just seems like a little bit more consistent, a little bit more, I, I should say, consistent in the big games and those playoff games. The other things I like, uh, Chris Bryant seems very mad, which I, I love. I was ask you about the cursing. I love it because it equaled some home runs, so hopefully that keeps going. Because, I mean, that's really the thing. The Cubs, all year long, they've made it because a lot of the ancillary pieces have picked it up and they got really solid pitching from you and uh, Kyle Hendricks. And then the rest of the guys went through stints of some good pitching. But the star hitters were not star hitters at all for the Cubs this year. So Mm -hmm. if Chris Bryant, Javi, Rizzo, Contreras, these guys, you know, not saying that they kill it, but if they're at superstar type level where they're getting those type of at-bats where pitchers are really sweating and any type of mistake they're crushing, then I feel like the Cubs could be a pretty solid team in this playoff series because they have enough defensively. They have enough, I think, pitching-wise. Of course, the bullpen's still a concern, but compared to last year or the year before that, this bullpen is like lights out. So, (laughs) I mean, you never know how good a bullpen's going to be going into the playoffs, and they don't have the type of arms like the White Sox that we were talking about earlier. But that doesn't mean that they have nothing there either. They've got a solid closer in Jeffress. Kimbrell was coming back a little bit, maybe with the playoffs. He gets another groove too, but he was really solid at least to end the year. And they've got a few other guys that like Chafin, who's been there before. They have some guys in that bullpen, I think, that they can get by. The question is the offense, 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 offense to me. And these Marlins, you know, they've got some solid pitchers and a, a scrappy young team. It kind of reminds me of 03, which scares the hell out of me a little bit. But uh, we'll see what happens. I think uh, if the Cubs, you know, if they play well, they should win this series. I don't know how far they can go, but they should win this series. I didn't know until, or I guess I forgot, but I'll say I didn't know that this was the first time the Marlins have been in the playoffs since 03. Oh, God. <laughs> what a dark October that was. Like, this is the, I was like, when I saw it, I was like, wow, that's a long, I mean, even though the Sox, it was 08, but just to think they won it all and that the two, Times it seemed like they tried to rejuvenate him. The last one being that Ozzie Guillen team that had Mark Burley on there and D. Gordon and all those guys when they were like, we're about to buy some title like we used to with the Marlins. Uh, I didn't know this had been the first time and then to be right there in front of y'all. All we need is Moises Zalou and Bartman. And you know what really scares me too? Like in 97 when they won, in 03 when they won, they were this team that came on really late. And then you look at this year, they were supposed to be dead in the water because they had COVID. Up the yin-yang in that clubhouse. They were supposed to be done. And now they're this scrappy – like, look at the Phillies. They have, like, a $300 million payroll, and they finish below the Marlins. Right. Are they getting hot at the right time? It's it's definitely scaring me a little. Like, at least with the White Sox, you know, like, those A's, they never win in the playoffs. (laughs) That's the one positive. (laughs) These Marlins, they get in there, and they seem to win, it seems. Right, this just start to get hot. Well, hopefully. Who would they match up with if the Cubs win in the next round? Uh, Yeah, who do they match up? I have to double-check that. I believe it's 
the Reds, the Reds okay. series. Okay. okay. Uh, and I forgot who the Reds are playing. Oh, the Braves. So it's Reds or the Braves that they will take up in the next okay. round if they advance. What would be your preference? Ooh, I don't know. It might be the Braves, even though they have a ton of talent. This Reds team was dead in the water a few weeks ago, and they are hot as all hell right now. And they got talent. Oh, they yeah, got a good I, pitching staff. I know, I know. But that was part of those Ohio losses that we got from. <laughs> yeah, that's Boston. right. Only person that they beat was um, Bauer. Was the only guy that they beat out of that three game series. Uh, they lost. And I wouldn't want to play that guy ever. I know, no, I'm totally not. So listen, yeah, I, I understand. I mean, it's entertaining. I think this playoffs again going to the parody are are going to be entertaining uh, as hell. I mean, dude, dude almost threw a perfect game today in the first game of the playoff, or the second game, rather, of the playoffs for the, as far as uh, – because you had Minnesota uh, facing um, – um, what's the name? Houston. Early, Houston. Started a little bit earlier than the Sox versus the Astros – I mean, versus the A's. But you sat there and had Luke Steele almost throw a perfect game in his first uh, career playoff start, dude. This Again, I'm not even just saying it's from the Sox. I look forward to this, all of this because baseball is about to be gone again. And it hit me like four or five days ago. And I was like, oh, snap. Baseball is about to disappear. Right? I was like, damn. And basketball is basically on its way out. Mine's about to win the title. I know. Right? Basketball's <laughs> <laughs> over already. All right? And football, we don't even know how bad COVID is going to affect football. Right? Like, we know uh, the Titans are on the sideline, but the NFL is saying we are going to play that game. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, like, that's now when we start seeing that happen, even though, like, all our teams, like, really lucky enough, the White Sox and the Cubs really avoided all the kind of COVID situations that a lot of other teams had. Now, the White Sox had um, Yoan Kata. Uh, he had it before coming in, but still no one caught it during the, the season. So perhaps – You it- know, uh, the Cubs were the only team that didn't have a COVID. Mm. A person that got contracted COVID at all. Like, pretty good stuff from them right there. Yeah, I mean, the only person <laughs> – If you're the Bears, was- better make a call. Up only- I mean, they just had their pitching coach catch it, it's, but no player. Right. Yeah, so it's Tommy Hattery. Outside of that, no, no players caught it. So, yeah, hopefully, like you're saying, the Bears can do the same thing, even though football being a collision sport. It's basically in the trenches. I mean, y'all just in front of each other. Like, dude, after three plays, y'all just out like that huffing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, you you're just there. Like, I, I was sitting there watching. Um, what's uh, what's the tight? What's the the, the the Atlanta Falcons? But Grady Jarrett, the defensive tackle, yes, right. And I saw like it was. I think he maybe sacked Mitch. And he got back to the line. I said, he is not going to try this play because he is gassed. Right? I was like, he's going to grab a guy and do like this, but there's no way after what he just did, he can get back to the quarterback again. And you know how people are like, man, you're taking, you're taking a playoff. Yeah, sometimes you have to take a playoff because you're ga- – just like when you see like a receiver. I forgot what receiver it was. I think it may have been uh, – it may have been a Bears game. I don't know if it was Riley Ridley. But say, or maybe, no, he was inactive. You know what? No, 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 not Riley. I said Riley Ridley. Oh, Calvin. Yeah, Calvin. That's what I meant. Calvin. I mean Calvin. But it wasn't Calvin. It was. Um, I believe it was last night's game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. Where, and I don't know if it was Nicole Harden or if it was. I don't know who it was. It was one of the receivers, though. I want to see for KC. And after he ran all the way down there, I think he missed. He didn't. He didn't catch the ball. He went to the sidelines because what should he have in him? I mean, he's gas, dude. Sometimes right. I tell people sometimes you got to rest. It's just 
It's just the truth of the matter. Sometimes and it's not like you're running in football. You're sprinting the right. entire time. You're using all the speed that your body will give you. Y'all, you're quick twitch, right? You're it's a burst. You know what I'm saying? It's a burst. Yeah. So you're uh, not yeah. just uh, oh man, let me uh, just use seventy five percent here, and then I'll use fifty five on this one, and then ninety five. <laughs> <laughs> Well, one thing I, I guess I want to just quickly get your opinion on. We got a lot of road teams winning. How do you feel about uh, the no fans in the playoffs? This is really going to change things. Do you think you answer, or not at all? You answered the question. It's no fans. I mean, I think Jessica Mendoza was was on point during the Sox call today against the A's with saying that a lot of these young players, they don't feel as much pressure as they would if you had fans like that, especially in Oakland. I mean, anywhere, but especially Oakland. Or even, for instance, like, the um the can't I mean the um the uh the game with uh Dallas versus um uh the Seahawks Seahawks where if the twelfth man was there it wouldn't have been that close probably you know what I'm saying hell Just, no yeah the roar the crowd noise you can't even get the call out the receivers may not even know if you've changed anything you may have to go to a a quiet count like dude so yeah it definitely it definitely changed. listen we saw it in the bubble with uh Warren for Indianapolis uh uh, um, uh Pacers becoming just before he met up against Jimmy again, becoming a stud basically as far as during the bubble, how he was dropping 50, like it was going out of style. Listen, I look forward to seeing what, and again, I'm not saying that he's totally like that. But I look forward to seeing how uh, Murray's going to play for Denver next year. If there's fans out there again, compared to some guys when there's all the fan and all that noise and all that pressure of having all those eyes on you, some people it, 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 it affects and some people it doesn't. So I think that's led to there's no home. I think you're implying this. There's really no home field advantage right now. You know, not outside of playing in different parks and you may know better angles at your park than, of course, a visiting team does, especially if it's not a visiting team that plays in your division. So they don't get that many games to kind of learn how to play in your park. Yeah, there's an advantage that way. But as far as the crowd noise, the intensity, I don't think it's 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 that much there. I, I mean, definitely, feel, I think they know they're in the playoffs, but it, I don't think it's anywhere as close to how it would have been if you had a packed stadium of roaring fans and beating drums and people cursing and swearing at you and living on every pitch. Yeah, I agree. And by the way, I wanted to correct myself. One o'clock for the Cubs tomorrow, two o'clock for the White Sox. I didn't and by know the that. way, Jessica Mendoza, I didn't say, I said corrected myself. I, I, know, I mean, when you told that. me it was one, I knew it was two, but I wasn't going to do that. Well, yeah, you should have raised hell on my ass, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Mendoza. Jessica won. Mendoza, picking the White Sox to be the AL representative that, in the World Series. And um, you sat there, you had um, Tixera, he picked the Sox to win the series against the A's. Uh, you you could think it was a couple of those people on the uh, ESPN uh, MLB countdown down at Pick the White Sox. But see, the Sox are a sexy pick because of them bats anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, by the way, you should get in on Vegas because I think Vegas had the A's winning this thing. They, they did. They, I think they're overrating those Sox. Or underrating, you, I should say. But you know what? I know that that, I know that, that line isn't the same right now. <laughs> if I tried, I know they don't have the A's winning that series right now, Ronnie. You're right. I should have got in there earlier. <laughs> I know that. Like, I know they're not. Oh, whoops. We have a right. game here. No, Bill Johnson, he's fired. That betting line has changed after that loss. All right. <laughs> Ooh, listen, if I went and saw they still had the A slightly above and the Sox are up one game in a three-game series, you damn sure I'm putting a few hundred dollars on that. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, where's our bookie? Exactly. We need that Davis show bookie. <laughs> the bookie priest, like old Mike North-ish back in the day. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. All right, so let's get into some Bears discussion. Are you prepared? You ready? Prepared. It was Coach Laser. Um, it kind of happened out of nowhere. He just said, Nick is up. And, uh, and, and that, that was that. So I, I just accepted the news. I try, I had Nick, Nick's back. Like, like he, he's had mine and the situation sucked, but it was just the flow of the game, how it was happening. Coach made a decision that he felt was best for the team. And I'm really happy for this team. I mean, they, they battled back and, uh, it was awesome to get a W, but, uh, it sucks to get news like that, but that's just how it goes. I just got to control what I can control. Mr. Trubisky's an outstanding quarterback. He's got a bright career ahead of him. I don't, you know, this is just one day. And uh, I know throughout my life, anytime I've had trials and everything, um, it's equipped me to be a better person and a better player. Not saying that you wish that on anyone, but we'll be there and I'm excited to go to work. I don't know what the situation is or whatever, but I was really grateful for how he handled it today. He's a team guy and he showed that leadership today. So I got to know how you were feeling. Uh, we got to revisit this last game against the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta with that terrific dome, that stadium that they have. Listen, I'll tell you this, though, Ryan. If you look play in a stadium or, yeah, a, a, a dome stadium, that crowd noise, that filtered in crowd noise still works. Because sometimes it was loud in that building. I was like, damn. Boy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's just, it's just reverberating off of those walls and not, not having that open sky to just blast out of. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, the Bears winning the game. Then me and Ryan told you they was going to have to score 30 to win. Uh, they was going to have to get some a lot of help in that. And the Bears wanted to score 30 if Mitch Trubisky had stayed in the game. I mean, and I don't even feel like I'm lying when I'm saying that. I think it's – oh, no, it's the truth. He wasn't going to – he may have got you 20, but he wasn't going to get you – he wasn't even going to get you 20 probably. But uh, he made it. If he got you 20 or 30, that's in pure garbage time when the game was completely it's, over. Great point. Great point. Uh, but the, the, you sat there, Matt Nagy went, flipped early and put in Nick Foles. Nick Foles didn't look like a world beater, but he looked extra confident, right? And that was the thing. And he was using, trying to use all the weapons. I do feel like him and Jimmy Gamble have been plotting on this since they both signed those contracts. Right, like, I'm telling you, I wish I could check their text line or hear, hear their phone calls because I'm sure Jimmy was like, listen, when they put you in, look for me. Right, like this little effort. He's looking at me sometimes, but he's not look like when they put me in, when they put you in, look for me. Uh, but listen, Nick Foltz, he looked good. Uh, he would have had, he almost had five TDs out there. He had three, but he almost had five. He should have had four because I think, and I'm not just saying this from bias from being a Bears fan, I think Allen Robinson's show, shoulder was down. So I think that should have counted as he caught that ball before. I agree. Rip, ripped out from him, ripped out from, from him uh, by the cornerback. Uh, but Nick Foles made, he made what we've been worried about as far as this defense not being as, as stingy as it was in 2018, that you were going to need more scoring. He showed us a vision of the scoring that we need, but also which will keep that defense off the field, which will give them more energy going down and perhaps make them more opportunistic because now you have Chuck Pagano, who quote-unquote loves to blitz, he can send those guys without fear of if we get burnt, Mitch can't go back and get those points. But now, now knowing that Nick Foles is in there, and this was a point Deshaun Sierra was bringing up, now knowing that Nick Foles is in there, you know you know what? Let me go ahead and send, send the kitchen sink real quick. You know what I'm saying? Because 
Nick can come back and get us, get, get the three that we may give up right here, get this, the seven that we may give up right here. So it's going to be good to see how the Bears look moving forward with a really competent quarterback that knows what he's doing and has Moxie. Listen, he came in that game, and I swear he was doing this. I was like, damn, this dude has been such an ultimate backup. He knows the first thing I got to do is be cool and calm. <laughs> he was like – yeah, man, this is. I was like, he's this swagger is on a hundred right now, and he know go being in that situation in Philadelphia twice. He knows what he has to do when he steps into this role, and the first thing is to make everyone feel like you got them. They don't need to worry. We're in good hands. Just listen, relax. I got you, baby. Get have a drink. It's okay. You know, nothing, nothing weird is gonna happen here tonight. No. <laughs> Let me soothe you. Exactly. You need a massage, Akeem Hicks. Right. Like, we got it, baby. We got it. Your arm got messed up. Let me get that elbow a little bit. Right. Give me a sack while you're out there, big <laughs> Exactly. <man>. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, I uh, I don't know. Like, I was already done with Mitch, but I guess I gave him maybe that 1% chance that maybe he could put it together. But that first half, I was done, 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 done with Mitch officially 100% over with because if you can't score on that defense, I said this, like, you might have to rethink your profession if you're a quarterback. <laughs> like, that defense was so ripe for scoring. They mm-hmm. give up so much. And Mitch, you know, I even said this to the girlfriend. I was like, you know, when is, you have a quarterback problem, when his best skill is his feet. Throwing the ball. <laughs> and then came that like 45 yard run and it's like alright that's the one good thing he can do I guess and then he throws that interception it's like alright that's enough of this crap like I totally agree with Matt Nagy I was on Nick Foles watch basically every halftime so far this season because he looked so bad and this dude I mean look at except from that fourth quarter against Detroit he's put up like what, 20, like 30 points in three games? Maybe. That's terrible. Yeah, about that. About, maybe about, you said except, maybe about, what did they, what did they, what, how much did they beat the Giants by? It was 17-13. So he put, game. so that means he, he just put up, he just put up 27 points, which like you said, 30. He's put up 27 points outside of the Detroit game. And that's, listen, that's as many, as many points you should have put up in one game. All right, and you probably should have won that game, and that's that's really old NFL compared to this one's as happy. Um, but yeah, dude, like it it was beyond time. I, I'm back to I was been I've been liking Nagy. I'm back to loving Matt Nagy. Yeah, I like it was seeing like, my head coach competent again. It's like, dude, you know what? You're not about to ruin my career. Listen, Ryan Pace, we're not in orders football. How long are we gonna keep waiting for this one player? to adjust when, you know what, chances are that's not in him, and particularly it may not be in him while he's wearing this uniform. So why are we going to compromise everyone's future when we've given Mitch three seasons, basically? It doesn't make any sense. It's time for us to move ahead and move on. Um, maybe now as a backup, he can see through uh, uh, Nick Foles' eyes. There's still a chance Mitch is going to have to come back this year because Nick yeah. Foles, he only can't play- stay healthy. Can't stay healthy. That shoulder is always – he has Anthony Miller's shoulders to be a quarterback. All right? So, there's always going to be a fear of him getting hurt. Uh, This offensive line is going to have to protect him. Um, But also – but the thing is, too, man, he's not holding on to that rock. And, I mean, I know he probably wasn't doing that uh, anyway. But I I don't think the the Jaguars had 
the type of offensive players around him last season that the Bears had. I mean, it's, yeah, who was their receiver? Exactly. It's sad that uh, they had my boy, though, uh, uh, DJ Shark, uh, who I would have drafted. And I, I asked before he was coming out, and I was poo-poo. I've got a lot of these draft guys that people professionals came on our show. <laughs> like, man, shim, shim, shim. I was like, man, this Shark kid in the combine, man, I'm telling you, he was doing his dizzle. Um, no, you're wrong, Kevin. I know, right? Shout out to Hubbarkers telling me Josh Allen wasn't better than him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where this guy, he gets the ball out. He has better weapons out. It is unfortunate we won't get to see him and Tariq Cohen together. Because I think we would have seen the best Tariq Cohen. Mm-hmm. I agree. Especially in the passing game. Because we really haven't gotten back to 2018 Tariq Cohen in the passing game. You know what I'm saying? Like, putting him out there. Now you, you got him against linebackers. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we really haven't gotten to see that. So it's definitely going to be sad. I don't know if they're going to go with, with Octavius Pierce uh, off of the, the practice squad. and They're going to bump him up. I will go out and get a running back, even though now they wasted so much time. Who's really out there? I know where from Kansas City has been mentioned, perhaps, uh, since mm-hmm. he kind of knows the system. But I think you need to get – like, if you got to take this, this season serious. Now, unless Pierce – it's showing y'all some stuff that it's like, you know what, we we got to do it. Now, if he's killing like that, but if he's killing like that, he should have been on the active roster. Right. Right? It's instead of null, basically. So, yeah, what is he doing, by the way? Nothing. So, um, yeah, I think it would be interesting. I think they need to go out and get them a, a running back. And listen, if you can't get a Snacks Harrison, you got to go get you a DT. Like, it's just, don't do, y'all going to let this season go to the wayside because y'all going to get ran on. And it, you can sit there and play the pass well, but it's not going to matter when you allow play action to work because you're getting ran. So you – Oh, man, especially after you saw Green Bay, what they did to New Orleans that night, running the rock. Let's don't break Ooh. that team. Listen, let's, let's don't do that right now. We're enjoying ourselves because, truth be told, the Bears aren't going to beat the Green Bay Packers this year with Aaron Rodgers playing like an MVP candidate, all right? Like, and in and second-year Matt LaFleur system – Devontae Adams isn't even out there. He is doing nasty. He's the only player playing better than him right now is Russell Wilson. And behind him because – And Patrick. Well, no, I, I was going to say Patrick's behind him because – Ooh, okay. He's been checked down Charlie the first two games. But to me, I, listen, I think one, Patrick Mahomes is bored. I want to he was in uh, against the Ravens, unfortunately, listen, for Baltimore. Did you watch? Did you watch all of that? Did you watch that game? All of that game? Right? Yes, not all of it, but most. Okay. Of it. Did you see when they they had a, it was like third and nine, right, something like that, third and long, and he got the first down on the pass play. It was maybe like nineteen twenty seconds left. I think this was going into halftime, um, and he got the first down, and he looked the sideline. He was like. <laughs> He walks off the field, right? He sends the kicking team out himself, basically, right? He thought he got the first, right? They had 20 seconds left, right? He, he tried to think it was another play, he tried to get Nicole Hardy. It may have been a play I was thinking about when Hardy went and sat down after that. They didn't get it. He's basically like, I'm not trying no more. That's it. Bring him in. He, he did like this, like, what? What? Right? And that's it. Let's go, Andy. I'm like, Andy. I'm like, oh, I'm like, Andy, this is bad business because it's like, this is listen. I look. I, he's baby goat. Um, I love me some Patrick Mahomes. He is cocky, and I think the undoing. And I don't mean it's going to be the long term undoing of the Kansas City Chiefs, but I do think the undoing is going to be that's his team now. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think it's going to take Aaron. Uh, I think it's going to take Benjamin 
to leave and go coach somewhere and get like his to get really the pelts on his wall and then come back because I don't think Andy Reid's gonna be able to control. <laughs> Andy's just gonna retire before you got two more years of Andy Reid. I'm telling you that right now. You got two more years of Andy Reid, but Pat Mahomes is do Pat Mahomes is doing what Pat Mahomes wants to do. It's early. No, it's early in your career when it's like I'm doing whatever the hell I want to do, right? But uh, he's he's earned it. Um, but yeah, but it was funny how many people picked against Kansas City. See, I'm, this is what I'm talking about as far as MVP because, and I'm like. Dude, you know Patrick Mahomes was just joking these last two, these first two games, right? Like he's checking. Everybody on the Monday Night Crew picked the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, dude. I was like, what are y'all? I want to take a picture then, right? Because I'm like, you guys are crazy. It was no way they were gonna beat the Kansas City Chiefs when Kansas City knew all they had to do was get out early and then put all the pressure on Lamar Jackson. And again, I'll say this: Lamar Jackson is fantastic. If Mm -hmm. y'all don't force him to throw from the pocket. One, listen, I love the kid. It's time for him to stop running like that. And also, teams have slightly, he's still the best athlete on the field. They've adjusted to his speed. If you saw some of those tackles last night, you could tell that they've adjusted to to trying to contain him better than what they were last year when he was really first really released upon the entire league for a full season. Um, But, yeah, getting all the way back to the Bears – and uh, with, with with Nick Foles, I definitely feel some comfort. I look forward to this game, this Indianapolis game. I think we're sleeping on that defense. It's funny because I heard some people uh, before the season kind of condemn Indianapolis defense. And I'm like, y'all know they got, like, studs over there, right? Like, they're, they're sweet over there. It's, they're missing Malik Hooker, I believe, which is yeah, a, a big loss big, in the secondary. But you're right. Yeah, they they still got some studs over there. Um, Darius Leonard? Anybody forgot about him? No, I have not. I still think – I think the Bears – and I know they got a fantastic offensive line in Indy. I think they're going to be able to put some pressure for Philip Rivers, baby. <laughs> I, I do, too. I do, too. I and I don't him, know why I think that, I, how listen, bad the pass rush is. I can see him scrambling, like scrambling right, and then uh, 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 Mac is coming. He breaks <laughs> – Quinn is there. And as he breaks, the the Bolu tie comes, comes slightly oh. up. Oh, it's like a training is, is baseball. Is there a Longhorn, or is it just uh, the the South on the emblem of the, the Just bowling? the South. Just the South. <laughs> just the South. Right. It's this slap. Like, uh, dude, I think – I don't think the Bears lose until Tampa. Now, I could be wrong, but I don't think they lose until they face Tampa. And I think there's a chance they could be Tampa. Uh, but I don't – especially if, if Chris Godwin may be out, I don't think the Bears are going to lose to Indianapolis. Because it's how I feel. I think the Bears' defense – Listen, I think this may help the Bears' defense to play better because I don't think we've talked enough about how they felt about having Mitch up in there. And that doesn't, doesn't mean they don't like Mitch. You saw players walk up to Mitch. I saw Khalil Mack did. I saw Kyle Fuller do the same thing, right? Even though if I was Mitch, I don't really want y'all to talk to me right now. <laughs> and they're like, don't worry. We don't want to talk to your ass either. We're just right. doing it for the camera. Exactly. <laughs> we're just doing this because we're trying to be nice to your ass. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm so happy you finally sitting down, man. We yeah. get out here and win some games or something. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Listen. You want to win, Mitch? How about you sit there? <laughs> <laughs> Listen. If you really don't believe that that defense last year didn't come to the assumption that we cannot really be who we want to be as a team as far as wins and uh, victories and losses um, with Mitchell Trubisky and you're fooling yourself and you're lying to yourself. They see it. They know he, he's not ready. And they know to a certain degree, why am I going to put in all this blood, sweat, and toil and this kid's going to go and give the damn game up 
let alone go three and out, and I'm going to have to stay on the field a lot longer than I necessarily need to. Uh, so now you give them someone who methodically they can get this ball down the court. I'll tell you the, down the field. One thing I'm going to want, and I'm sure he better, is when Matt Nagy sticks to this run game. Because now with this new toy, right. he can go full Nagy. He's like, where my bag at? I'm going in this bag deep. Right? Like full Nagy. I'm about to have so many passes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a pop-up book. They're just flying out of the exactly. place. As soon as he opens, he's at it locked under a suitcase because it's ready to spring load. <laughs> right. I got Mitch. We can't. Oh, we can, We got Nick. Move it. <laughs> listen, listen, we find out, we're going to find out next week, Bill Lace is fired. Like, man, <laughs> that run shit. And Costello's out. Like, that run shit I was talking was cool, right? But we got to get back to what is near dear to my heart. That's just ball <laughs> in the air, right? Oh man, listen. If they stick with the run, um, like they have, they got to. Like it's been working. Now think about it. think about Nick Foles and play action, right? Think about that. Like what you gonna do? And Nick loves RPOs, and you can't run RPOs if you don't have any type of run game. Correct. And that's again to back to your early point. Too bad Tariq isn't here because Nick RPOs with Tariq, oof, that could be nasty. some killer stuff. Would have been, but again, happy, happy Tariq Cohen got paid that. Yes, because he wouldn't have got it if he would have got hurt right now. It would have been a lot less. Happy that he got his coin. Hopefully, Allen Robinson can get his coin. He was on first take today. Uh, they was talking about him getting his bread. Uh, hopefully, he can get his bread. Even though the receiving core had a bad game uh, the beginning of this last game, so I put some some of that that was uh, hindering Mitch from necessarily doing what he needs to do. Stephen Corey didn't have a good game down there. Mooney did not have a good game uh, this past game. But that happens. And the good thing yeah. that they got out of it during the game. We right. didn't have to wait for another game for them to self-correct. They did it this game. So uh, it, the, the Bears look – if the Bears would have won, and if Mitch was in there, and we all know that they wouldn't have won – they really still would have been an extremely faulty 3-0 and team. Oh, my God. They'd be the worst 3-0 and team by they're, far. They're sti- I still think they are the worst 3-0 and team. But I think you can maybe argue a little bit now. Okay. I'm not, I'm not arguing. I, I think they're valid, though. I think they're a much more valid 3-0, and and they don't see – Completely seem- agree. Before, it was, it was, it was smoking – it wasn't even smoking mirrors. They just lucked up that they played uh, injured Giants team and a beat-up Lions team. By the time they, they got to the third quarter, the Lions were beat up. And, uh, 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 yeah, they lost all their secondary yeah. guys. Galladay was – Fifth, sixth Gall- string. Galladay was hurt already. Um, out of that game. So, again, I, I just think that it, this, this brings a tad bit more legitimacy to this 3-0 and team. And hopefully, but I do think they should be 4-0. They play like they need to play. I think they can beat the Colts. You know what I'm saying? I agree. They get out to Phillip Rivers the way that they need to get off Phillip Rivers and make sure that Taylor doesn't really get off, get off. Um, I think they can do- that's the big key to me. Can you slow down that run game of the Colts? Because, like, Okay, Atlanta gave up 26 points. I don't remember anyone putting a prediction of the Bears game where they were saying that the defense was going to hold Atlanta under 20 points. So it's like, yes, they did not play the greatest defensive game, but the pass rush looked better. Yes, the run game wasn't great, but you take away a couple big runs from Gurley and that uh, Hill guy. Yeah. yeah. Which- you, you're around 100 yards, and you're not, you're not hating that for sure. You know, Listen, dirt cutter and you, with your knife stabbing back of Lovey Smith ass. Oh, yeah. Oh, why didn't you just keep running the ball with Hill and Gurley? 
It's a rule. Dan Quinn puts it. And that's right. Kyle Shanahan. He's like, you're Stop you're running the football if we're going to win in the fourth quarter. I was just about quarter. to say. I was just about to say. Are we up? Don't run that ball no damn <laughs> We ain't up enough. Get right. a four. We almost up by 20. Man, you stop running that damn ball. We putting all this on Matt Ryan because we know mm, he's 16 well. in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that feels very safe. <laughs> Matt, throwing downfield. Dude, as, dude, as soon as, let's just say, listen, let's say that Dan Quinn, uh, Raheem Morris, and uh, um, our man Dirk Cutter had no faith in Nick Foles. After he got that first touchdown, we running the hell out there. We, dude, you know what? We running the clock out. We, yeah. We're getting this first You see what happened in Dallas last week? What Dallas did to us? We're getting this first victory. Because, listen, these these photos I got on Arthur Blank, they can only last us so long, guys. All right? This, this, these, these dudes I got on Arthur Blank with the Home Depot apron on, they only going to last us enough time, brothers. You I, know Arthur Blank's like, if one of these hairs come out of my head, you know, come out of that do from stress. Your ass is out of here. Out of here, right? You will be working at Home Depot, and I will make sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to take a college job. No, you're going to Home Depot. <laughs> right, straight down at Home Depot. Listen, I think I wonder if, um, if Seahawks fans uh, root for the day that they can get their Dan Quinn back like we want Vic Fangio back. Yeah. Because even though for Dan Quinn has been so Bad though, you know, outside of the Super Bowl and blowing that, he's been so bad. But think about how I'm sure they feel about their defense when he was there. I know how I feel like we would be if Vic Fangio was still here. Uh, but it's our root against. Him. Hey, by the way, Vic might be coming pretty soon. I hope he is. I hope Things ain't looking too right out there. Listen, listen when, when, when Mark Rippon's nephew is that, that's not his son. That's Mark Rippon's nephew, I believe, right? And Mark Rippon, who, and I was a kid, kid, but I remember like in the back of like Marvel comic books, they would maybe have like uh, uh, ads for tops or whoever did trading cards, and they would have this picture of Mark Rippon, one of the worst quarterback bodies ever made by the dear Lord himself. I mean, a terrible body. A terrible, terrible, terrible. Just like as a kid, you're like, this man's body is pathetic, right? Oh my lord, no. <laughs> Only bless them with the shoulder. Right. Everything, <laughs> everything else. He, God put ninety percent in that shoulder. He's like, chow, chow, uh, chow. Oh, lunch. I better uh, just put right? this on the assembly line. <laughs> Slim gut, chow bearing hips. Uh, oh God. Right. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, yeah, I definitely think uh, the Bears will be in Indianapolis. What are your thoughts on Bears being coming up this week? Yeah, I mean, they got to get pressure on Phillip Rivers and stop the run game. That's what I'm most concerned about. But Phillip Rivers is throwing a lot of picks still. <laughs> like, that's a dude that's still putting the ball in harm's way. So, I feel like the Bears are going to get some opportunities and some takeaways, and they're going to take advantage. And then, really, on the other side of the football, man, like – the Bears, and this is how I felt when Nick Foles came in, like you're starting to see how good of a team they are with just a competent quarterback that knows what they're doing. Like you have some speed at the receiver spot. You've got Allen Robinson that's a legit number one. You know, Jimmy Graham led fantasy football at the tight end position over the weekend. Like I told you that Jimmy Graham was going to be good. Yeah. I told you that Jimmy Graham was good. Everybody was like, damn, we got Jimmy Graham. Yeah, okay, now what you did. You do you got right. actually even if Jimmy Graham and we know what he can do outside of the end zone, you got another end zone threat right there. And you? the Bears are putting him outside. It's like mm. you've got this six eight receiver? monster at the right. receiver spot. Right. Worst case, 
Let me just throw that little up there for you. Jimmy, Dude. go make a box out play. Dude, come – like you just said, they got – they got – we're not saying that they got world beaters. They have good talent. Like, that's the thing. They have good talent in, 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 in every level now. They kind of have good talent. Yes, they don't have a classic B to Allen Robinson's A, but they got enough Cs and that can pop up at times to be B. Right. That they're, they're deep enough in that position. And, again, adds that Jimmy Graham, and we still don't haven't seen uh, really Cole Komet really get off just yet, even though it's early. Maybe he won't. In his- I think yeah. he'll probably come on more towards the end of the season. That's one of the hardest transitions from right. college to the pros is tight end. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if around week 10, maybe I think the Bears are week 11 by, maybe you start seeing a, a Cole Komet around there really starting to shine through. And – you know, you got Cordell Patterson still that you can use in a variety of ways with his speed. Dave Montgomery, like if that offensive line and Jermaine Effetti, that has oh, been whoa. a very good pickup so far. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I remember the first game, like, you know what? We always kind of like, man, this dude coming from Seattle. He was supposed to be a guard. Then they put him to tackle. He was average or whatever. The first game they went out there, I was like, that boy is big. And then watching that block, I said, you know what? This He's going to work at guard. Yeah. He's going to – especially with Bobby Massey next to him, you've got road graders on yeah, the dude. right side. I was like, listen, that Ryan Pace, that wasn't a bad pickup. All right, I'll say right. that. But now this year, after you draft our boy, mm-hmm. Brown, you got to go get Mr. Lance. You got to go get a tackle. All right. Just yeah, can we be done with Charles Leno? Like, when I saw that holding call again on him, I'm like, oh. Don't tell me this is how it starts all over yeah, again, like last it's, year. It's time to it's time to get in a competent young tackle into this. this but if, if that offensive line can hold up against the Colts front, I definitely like the Bears' chances in this game. I, I think uh, I think they're just as talented. I think they're healthier, and they're playing at home. Like even though we don't have fans, it's not the same. But I I think you're riding high. You're playing at home. You're feeling good if you're the Bears right now, and. Sure, the Colts are feeling good, but you just want the Jets. Big whoop. Yeah. I mean, Sam Donald is just killing them. And Adam Gase is just needs to Oh, my God. Barry is <laughs> facing the who sand. Gets, who gets fired faster, Dan Quinn or uh, Adam Gase? Especially, also, Dan Quinn has the Packers on Monday Night Football. That's a good question. I don't know. I want to you know, say Adam Gase because I feel like Dan Quinn should have been fired already. So it's a feeling that I was waiting all day. I was looking for man, the case. You thought you was gonna get the Doc Rivers? It's like you know he's waiting. Like we was like yeah, when the Clippers lost, I turned after. I said, man, that boy, that man's so fired. It's sad. She said that's just so sad. She was like, but they were supposed to be here in the playoffs, mind you. She's not watching basketball, but she's like, but they they weren't supposed to lose. I said, man, that, that brother, that brother's so fired. It don't even make sense. When you saw that yesterday, it was like, yeah, I bet. Dude. Listen, as an organization, you couldn't keep them. I'm, ta- I'm sorry, y'all. And now, believe me, I root for the Blacks. But as an organization, it was, he had to go. We got to see. Listen, before I start, well, I would still trade Paul George. But at least let me see what I can do with a better coach. But I don't trust Paul George. But he had to get out of there because that collapse, man. Hey. He's supposed to coach us out of that. How about uh, he hasn't gone farther than Vinny Del Negro as a Clippers yeah, coach? Yeah, no. oh, come That's on. that alone should get he's you fired. The greatest, that look, he's the greatest Clippers coach of all time. I mean, literally, his record speaks for he's the, the greatest Clipper coach. But I mean, Doc, you know, if you give Doc a hand, he usually can do it. But one, that hand has to self-govern. 
You know what I'm saying? So when you had KG there with Paul, I mean, with Paul Pierce and with Ray Allen, you know, KG and Paul Pierce was regulating everything. So you really didn't have to worry. You had Tony Allen on that. I mean, think about the kind of guys you had on that team. The players yeah. hear all that. Kawhi's too quiet for that type of action. You know what I'm saying? And in a way, you, you had the guys before last year who, when Tobias Harris got traded, uh, carried you to the playoffs when everyone thought you were trading Tobias Harris so that you wouldn't make it to the playoffs. Um, you see, you had that team versus the new guys who you were over low managing. You know, Kawhi needs it. I don't know about PG. You were low man, and everybody wanted to still feel special. And people didn't show up to the bubble in time. Cats going to get them some wings. And again, is it is it terrible? No, but it just shows what you think is very important and what you feel is not important. You know what I'm saying? And that team, they didn't play like they felt it was important. There'd be a lot of guys on there. I would be listen. There'd be a lot of guys that'd be looking uh, for another place. As I said, and this is gonna be sound terrible. If, if I was a uh, if I was Steve Ballmer, I would have walked in that locker room like Donald Sterling. All right, and I'm just telling you, it would have been bad business. I would have listen. I would have been like before. Wait, I would have got back to the plane before the players, just before, and I would have tossed all the true religion and all the gold chains that Montrez Hero had on that damn thing off on the tarmac, like, you ain't coming back with us, all right? You you and PG, I don't know how you get in L.A., but it ain't going to be on this private plane right here, buddy. <laughs> I swear, I swear for God, right? I put my hands on one of y'all. All right, like, I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. That's how disappointed in this team that I felt like, man, it's going to be good to see these two teams in the Western Conference Finals, and you blew the date. Like, how did you blow the day for all of us, right? You you were up 3-1, right? Three, it wasn't like it was the, the series was going back. You were up 3-1 and then... And they had full control of the games moving forward after 3-1. That's what I was about to say. Even, dude, you had a chance where you were 3-2. Like, how did you let this get to a game seven? And, you, like, it just, this just stopped. The, the, this whole, this team feeling that they had a, um, a championship culture when only one of the players on that team, in my in my mind, has won a title, and that that was one that was Kawhi Leonard, you know. But they thought they were like, oh, we can turn that, we can turn it on anytime, team. You gotta win a title before you that we can turn it on time. And look, right, you work. You can't not have won a title. Talking about we can, we can turn it on anytime. No, you can't, fool. You gonna end, you know you gonna end up at home with me, right? Right. Your coach on the streets. All right. Wednesday, 8 Central, NBA Finals. Check it out. <laughs> uh, Since yeah. you guys won't be playing in it. But, yeah, like you were just saying, I, I know I took us way off of stars. The Indianapolis Colts versus Bears. I want to get your score. Uh, I'm going to go Bears 27, Colts 21. Mm, I like that. I was going to go Bears 27-2. I'll go 23 for the Colts, though. I think okay. it'll come down. I'm just going to go with what it's been like. It's going to come down to the final possession because that's this Bears season, apparently. I want to get away from that. I really. I'd like to too. I want to get. I want to get to where with six minutes left, the game is basically over, and we're just running out clock and taking time off. Yeah, we even punted, but man, it, you only got 20 seconds on that boy. You know what I'm saying? Man, how uh, how weird has it? Because like, I'm totally with you. Like. Ideally, I would love to see a Bears victory in a really close game. But throughout Bears history, that's not, <laughs> that doesn't happen. And to get three of those in a row to start the year, like, what? That's crazy. Man, I'm with you, though. I'd like to see the six-minute, like, 
ooh, I'm laughing and planning on the next game afterwards. Like, oh, Dallas, Seattle, who's playing? Who's in and who's out? Not just right. like breathing every play. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> totally. So, listen, I had sat there after I was in the kitchen, and I was like, damn it, something. She's like, what? I was like, man, they down 2016, and Tariq Cohen just blew out his damn knee, right? Oh, my God. You I know, was so like, mad. Right? I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Anthony Miller just drops that fourth and goal perfect pass laser touchdown. I'm like, oh, my Dude. God. And for them to – listen, and the crazy thing is this, and I know me and you and Kyle talked about it Sunday night. With four minutes in that game, I was like, damn, the Bears are about to win. Because it was clear Falcons was like, we the Falcons, y'all. <laughs> they thought they weren't. It was like, you, they, they were for the whole game. Like, man, we out here doing our thing. It was like, man, we the Falcons, man. We about to lose. Yeah. And it was like, you could see it in their face. And it was like, the Bears are about to be – they're self-imploding. And Nick Foles is out here doing his dizzle. I'm like, oh, my God, the Bears scored a touchdown. They go- and that defense was getting three and out after three and out right, after three right, and out. Right, that so court. it was – that was – like I said, early on, it was like, damn, they're about – and I really, I'm like, they about to win this. Like, I was like, damn, this is crazy. Right, <laughs> like, this is crazy. So thanks for that early Christmas present from Matt Nagy. All right. And yes. So we, oh. we transitioned to a little bit of up for grabs and then uh, coast our asses up out of here. That Davis show. Direct snap. Henry. Jump pass. Oh, trickery. Davis. Touchdown. All right. Last segment of that Davis show, and it is the most important segment on the show. It is Ryan's segment. And it's cool. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, me? With the fresh cuts. Look at that cut. Show him the sides. Oh, Oh, my goodness. Look at that. Look at that. You can't even take all of that. (laughs) Handle all of that. All that Where's my boy to fan me down? I need that one right Exactly. Now. <laughs> Where's All the right. boy? It is time to go with Ryan B. Ski and go for up for grabs. Ryan, what you got for up for grabs? Let's uh, keep the Doc Rivers. Uh, oh, Lord. More Doc. Low dialogue going. I just want to know what you think his best move is moving forward. Is it taking Houston, Philly, or taking a year off and just doing broadcasting? <sighs> taking a year off. I, I'm a year off guy usually. I'll say that. I think you need some time to, to uh, decompress. But I don't know if he would have the option to be the coach of these teams. But this is twofold. Because of his name, there's a chance that Doc, Doc Rivers can always get a good job. You know what I'm saying? Especially leaving and doing television so he's present. And you still know, like, there's nothing bad. Like, he's a, he's a really good coach. I don't, he's not a great coach. He's a really good coach. You know what I'm saying? He's good mm-hmm. for culture. But I think I think you have to have a lead dog player with him. Kawhi's too quiet. Because if you look at that team last year, Doc was the leader. You know what I'm saying? They followed and galvanized around Doc. And now when you bring in Kawhi, people are looking like, all right, take us to the promised land, basically. And he his play will try to take you there. But as far as galvanizing, you know, and with Toronto – they were lucky enough to already have Kyle Lowry and that team built already. So they didn't need... And Nick Nurse is one hell of a... Great great point, Ryan. Great point, Ryan. They didn't need Kawhi to be their leader. They needed him to be the closer. You know what I'm saying? And to set the example. They didn't need him necessarily to be the leader. You know, but like, with, with, but getting back to this, I think... I don't know what Doc... I don't know if Doc can figure out what to do with, um, with Philadelphia. Because I think that would be a good team for him to go to. 
You know what I'm saying? Because they have so much talent. I think Doc does well with talent. But again, I don't think they have a leader. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It gets back to the same thing with, with what's happening with this Clippers team, this year's team or whatever. Because I don't think Joel Embiid is the leader and I don't think Ben Simmons is the leader. You know, it'd be different if like they all followed behind Tobias Harris or even if Jimmy was still there and Doc could sit there and use Jimmy as his lead dog. But I don't and I don't see what he could do with them. And also, I don't know if he could crack Ben Simmons because that's what you need. You need someone to basically crack Ben Simmons. I don't know if he can do that. Um, I, I don't think he can fix Houston. You know what I'm saying? Like, would James Harden even be the superstar that he kind of needs as the lead dog? I don't look at, I don't know if James Harden is a leader either. You know what I'm saying? He can just score yeah. that off. You know what I'm saying? I mean, to be honest with you, in a way, I think Russ is a leader, but I don't know if you want him leading. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I usually like my leader able to shoot. I'm just saying, just <laughs> our, being under control to a certain degree. Yeah. Know? Playing right, under how control. How about not throwing up threes just because the defense is giving it to you? Like, yeah. Yeah, you so. can't shoot it. So that's my fear and with that team, I don't know if – also, I don't know if Daryl Morey wants Doc as far as his coaching philosophy. We're matching the analytics of Daryl Morey, yeah. the general manager of the Houston Rockets. But probably out of the teams that you've mentioned, probably it would have – Would New Orleans be in there? I was going to say that. I would like to see Doc in New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? But he may I get, can see that. He may get out of gentried. Yeah. Mm. But I could see – I'm going to tell you this. I'm like this with New Orleans because when we're talking about Billy Donovan and people are like New Orleans is the better job than the Bulls. I see what you're saying, but to me, no, because one is in New Orleans, and that ass may not be right. They might be in that city for a decade, even though coaches have to worry about that because how many coaches coach a decade. But the real problem I'm saying with New Orleans is this: your freak is too freaky. And I know y'all sometimes your freak is too freaky. What can you do? But <laughs> listen, Zion Williamson is too freaky for, for basketball. It's not going to work. I, I hate to say it. Nah, let me say this. It's not going to work over the long haul. We saw that in the bubble. Shawty didn't play basketball for about, what, three months, and it was like, man. It was, <laughs> right? it was. He needs to do the LeBron one million on my body thing if yeah. they, he's got any shot. Right, yeah. So, And that's, that's still you may not have a shot because even as freaky as LeBron's built, proportionally LeBron is built right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But Zion, Tall, lean, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, Zion being thick and so freakish athletic, it's just so I'm, I would always be leery of that one. You know what I'm saying? Beyond, mm-hmm. Especially when you look at the, the fact that Drew Holiday, everybody named Mama want Drew Holiday this year offseason, right? It's like four to five teams willing to go after Drew Holiday, right? From, from uh, 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 you, got, you got one, the Clippers. You also got Denver. You know what I'm saying? You got there's several teams that I've seen mentioned like man, Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday. Uh, the Nets, like there's several teams. So Drew Holiday may not even be there. You got to sit there. You're gonna play, pay Ingram, and yeah, he he's balling. But I don't know if he if he's got to start stepping up and being one of those main guys. Lonzo is um, all right, whatever. Yeah, right. Like, like he's so, he can do a little bit of rebounding, he can do a little bit of assisting, but, that's, but not, it's uh, not worth it's not worth a top three pick. All right, so I, I mean, so for me, I would say Philly, but with Philly, listen, and Doc Doc has to bring with him an X's and O person. Like that's just the truth of the matter. 
you got to sit here. Maybe there's a fear of if people know that this guy is really doing it, that they may usurp him. And I don't, I don't think Doc is uh, fearful, to say the least. But he going to need a tactician. You don't need a tactician on defense, too, like you had with uh, uh, with, with Thibodeau and, and Boston. And that was his only ring, right? Having that X's and O's guy right next well, the, to him. That defensive guy. He wasn't yes. a defensive X and O's guy. He wasn't offensive. But that, was, that team didn't need help offensively. They right. had the three right. guys. They just needed to control defense, and they right. were going to be impossible right. to be beaten. Totally. So that's my only thing with that with Doc, man. But I, to me, I, I listen, I miss – Doc Rivers, in particular, I miss Doug Collins. I miss the announcers from like the last 15 years because so many of them, when, when Kurt, Steve Kerr is coaching, like so oh, many It was great. Yeah, like so it's just like you, you listen to the game and it's like, this is cool, but you know, that's cool, but that's not you. It's just not, it's, it's not the guys that are giving me the, the information, but also the. Oh, yeah. The, the breakdown containment. with that. Yeah, like, just it's like getting a steak or some kind of meat that's like really good and regular with the announcers. But when you got a Doug Collins, Steve Kurtz, like that sauce on top. Right, and exactly. now you're like, oh, man, this meal is just hit another level. Exactly. So I, I wouldn't mind getting Doc back in that situation to have another good analysis in there. Um, so that's partially I feel like that. Plus, he's going to be able to get a job for like the next four to five years if he doesn't want to coach because he, he'll be the biggest coach not coaching right now. You know what I'm saying? True. He'll be, he'll definitely, and look, it'll be another super team. Everybody, you, who you want, who you guys want to be the coach? Right. You know what I'm saying? And, how, and if you see a super team, like fire somebody, who are they going to go to? It's exactly. going to be like it's, right at the top. Right at the top of the list. Phil Jackson, Pat Riley. Type. Great point. Great point. So yeah, I, I don't, I think it's either or, but uh, if he's going to coach this year and I mean, but will he be taking that job away from, from, from Tyron Lue? Even though is Tyron Lue going to end up being the coach of the Clippers? You know what I'm saying? Like, we'll be looking into are that. Go, are they going to go in-house? Because, I mean, I will say this. I think right now, I think Tyron Lue has more spunk than Doc. I think Doc is tired. You know what I'm saying? I think that Doc is – I mean, that Donald Sterling stuff alone probably took so much out of him. <laughs> then losing, losing your job as being <laughs> the president of basically of basketball operations, like you got demoted. You know what I'm saying? Like, you used to right. Shawty, Shawty was in the same house, and he, he had keys to everything. And I was yeah. like, you just got keys to the locker room, sir. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> he gets a parking spot only. Exactly. <laughs> like, and it's not the same one that he used to have. It was like... Right. It's threes over from Palmer. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, man. I, I think I think he's slightly burned out and from seven years of, uh, of, co- of coaching. Because think about it. He didn't take a break between uh, the Celtics and, uh, and the Clippers. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. He definitely had a break between Orlando and the Celtics, though, because that's when he was in the he was in the booth then. But he so he's been coaching probably straight for like the last 15 years or something like that. You mm-hmm. know? He, was with the, he was with the Celtics a minute before they got the big three. You know what I'm saying? Like what about right. five years, maybe something like that. So yeah, something like yeah, that. Something like that. And then they were together for about four years, at least four or five years. So, yeah, they went to what two finals in three years? Two, they went to two finals in three years, but then after that, they were they were together because remember uh, Ray Allen left and they were still together. Like they were they were together for yeah. years before the he tra- was challenging those Heat LeBron teams. Too. Right, so he's been coach he's been coaching straight for some time. It may be time to sit there and chill out, go watch you know what I'm saying uh, your family you know so go watch uh, uh, Austin. 
Yeah, that's about to say, go watch Austin. Go watch your, your son-in-law, uh, whatever Curry that is. They got down Steph, Steph Curry. Uh, <laughs> Seth Steph, Curry. Seth Curry, yeah. Go watch Seth Curry down there called PG a hoe. Um, you know. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> All right? You know, go, go take a break, man. Take that's a- his wife. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, it had to be weird having PG up in that room with you, just looking at him like. But again, like I told you guys, I, how about when PG sucked in the playoffs too? Then he's really looking at him. But, but you know what he's thinking? Like, thank God you're not my son-in-law. Choke <laughs> punk ass. Look, he's like, choke punk ass. I already have a basic bitch NBA son. <laughs> I don't need a second. <laughs> you put some. You put some respect on my man. You put some respect on Austin Rivers' name. Austin Rivers has bigger gonads than PG. Period. Don't even get it twisted. Okay. I mean, he's great on that second. Don't even. Unit of, yes. Uh, yes. Don't even get it twisted, man. He's coming with fire in his loins. PG want to go there and cry and talk about his feelings. Coach, I got a hard ten minutes for you today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, straight two. I don't mean like you gonna get three here, three there, and four right there. I mean straight ten minutes. Right? When you need that hardened breather in the third quarter, <laughs> I got ten minutes for you. Oh <laughs> uh, man, what's the next up for grabs? What you gonna go for grab with next, bro? Uh, how about some finals previewing? We got the finals on Wednesday. Heat Lakers. I know you already said that you're taking the Lakers. How many games and can the Heat do anything to make this into a competitive series? I want to say yes, because I love Miami's culture. Um, I love the three point shooting too. Part of me want to say this is going to be four one Lakers. Another part of me wants to say this game could go to six games at least. Mm. I feel like the Lakers, I feel like LeBron always gives a game away. Like he gets to a certain point, he's like, you know what? We just gonna rest right now. You know what I'm saying? Like I just think it gets it gets, like especially if they're up by about two games, they're gonna give you one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also I just think that it's gonna depend on what Bam can do. And I hate to put so much on Bam, but if if Bam can really do a number on Anthony Bam, AD and force LeBron to have to kill. But see, the thing is, if LeBron and, – and, but force LeBron to kill, and Jimmy plays well, but those shooters and, uh, and, and Hero and uh, Robinson can sit there and do what they need to do, man. And, I mean, listen, I don't know what you're going to get out of Andre Iguodala uh, against LeBron. That's, right. Right, because I don't think he stopped LeBron. I remember when I said Austin's got a solid 10 minutes? I think Andre's got a solid three. <laughs> three? I think he'll say three. <laughs> three hard minutes. I mean, hard, coach. Hard, the hardest three minutes you've ever seen in your life. I'm going to give this man right here. <gasps> AI in the house. Slap, slap, slap. Yeah. Exactly. The other AI. Remember that feeling? <laughs> the other AI slapping the court. <gasps> Oh, my God. Oh, my leg. Oh, my leg. Okay, that's two two and a half. I gave you two and a half, Coach. Oh, but listen, I I do think, you know what? This is a thing. And, again, I'm I'm saying this to play devil's advocate. If they can get in the Lakers' heads, but I think LeBron's brain is so compartmentalized in a good way now, this ain't Kitty LeBron right here. Like, this man, this this is a testament and people can not say it's a knock on LeBron that he didn't come out with a, a killer instinct. 
how many players that didn't have a killer instinct grew a killer instinct? Right. That and rarely also, happens, if ever. And grew it, but also didn't really lose it after he grew it. Where it's like, he, yeah, he's killer here. He's going back to being timid. He's a killer here. No, no, no. He grew it and kept it. You know what I'm saying? And actually fortified. You know, like, mm-hmm. you could tell. I agree. Feels about himself now. And he, he's just and how he feels about himself. But he knows that he is different from the rest of y'all. You know what I'm saying? And he's, he, 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 he has, um, he takes pride in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he basks in that. And before, I don't know if he necessarily would bask in it the same way. So I just, I just think it's impossible to be, like, you just let LeBron get too far. Like, if LeBron is too strong to let the finish line be right there. You know what I'm saying? Right. I agree. Yeah. If the finish line was back there, Maybe y'all could have got him, but it's there. He sees it. He's it's just he's too strong for that. He's got a fourth title. <laughs> like it's just he's, and LeBron doesn't really lose series where he's the favorite that no. I remember. No, like if anything, it's like oh, this team is actually capable. What's the last of one? Up. The last series that he lost that he was the favorite. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if San Antonio was the underdog in that second San Antonio's finals. Right. I that might be the one. But I know definitely the Dallas one, they were favored. In the oh, Dallas. yeah. That's like the last – that's the last one he shouldn't have lost. All right. For mm-hmm. sure. I mean, maybe you could say that, that that second San Antonio one he shouldn't have lost. But down to the first one, he shouldn't have won. You know what I'm right. saying? The tip out to – Ray Allen. Right. So, you know, that's, that's, he, that's just like the first uh, series, the first uh, uh, World Series – not World Series, finals against uh, Golden State where Kyrie was out and K-Love was out and LeBron had to me one of the best. Listen, if it wasn't the best finals uh, I've ever seen, he had like three or four of the best final games I've seen in my life. Yeah. Right? I, I, I mean, that, I, I don't think I saw a performance like that since D-Wade with Miami it, Heat and Shaq. I, I, think it was better than, I think it was better than that. Right. But uh, I'm saying that yeah, was I'm the last time you. I, I agree saw with you. one player you're right. you're dominate right. like that. And you're totally right. And I felt like LeBron should have won the MVP as the losing player like Jerry West did many, 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 many years ago. Yes. When they gave it to Andre Iguodala to me, it was a slap in the face. Because it was like... Yes! Like, LeBron averaged like 38, 9, and 11. Like, what are y'all talking about? That he's- hey, maybe the shutdown guy actually shuts him down before right. they give him the final. <laughs> right. <finals. laughs> right. Like, this is just... So, this y'all just say this because we can't give it to Steph. Right. Right. Well, Andre, you kept him under 40, so we're going <laughs> to give this award. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, I just... It's, it, I think it's impossible... Uh, but I do think the Heat are the team that will have the best chance to do it because the Celtics wouldn't be able to do it. They're too young right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they're, they're just too young. And you need size. You can't yeah. just play You're, this team. Great point. Great, great point. Great point. So, again, it depends on Bam. And, man, Anthony Davis is a lot. Anthony Davis has been in his bag. It'd be different if it was, like, teetering Anthony Davis. Back. Right. But he's been in his bag, too. So, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, no, I do know. Uh, I want to say – I want to say really the Lakers and, and, and five, but I think maybe the, the Heat can stretch it out to six. I would prefer the Heat to win, and I would prefer for them to prove me wrong. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's probably going to be five for the Lakers. I'll, at least Miami's in the underdog role, which they relish, so that is good for them at least. But, man, their shooting has to be so on point in this series if they're going to have any shot. I mean, defensively, I think they'll make it tough on the Lakers at times for sure. But do they have enough guys that can just break you down, the Lakers specifically, defensively? I don't know if they have that. Like, if Tyler Hero is playing I was going to say, Tyler Hero's doing his thing, though. Who's stopping him? Dragic is doing his thing, too. 
like Jimmy giving you enough like we talked about before because we, he doesn't need to score 30 from mm-hmm. jump to keep that team in the game. If they can keep it close and then it's end of the quarter, you know, I don't like him against LeBron, but he'd have a shot. Talking me into giving the Heat more props. Uh, <laughs> oh, like, the opposite of what I did in the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, I mean, because, <laughs> again, we got to remember. But see, but Ray John is back and he's playing well. Yeah, he is. So that can maybe stop Dragic, but I don't see them being able to stop Tyler Hero. No. Yeah, who who's really going to be on that's, him? That's that's like, what I'm. Hey, like, does LeBron have to be on him? Basically, maybe to shut him down. Who's going to be on Jimmy? Because Jimmy going to try to give you the flux if you take LeBron off of him. And you got Jay Crowder, you know, still a really solid piece that can do kind of the back and forth stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm with you, Bam, 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 Bam. Mm-hmm. If you can. If you can find a way to neutralize AD, whether by scoring enough or by defensive enough, then the Heat have a shot. Bam. Yeah, I feel you. I have a shot, but I don't think it's going to be the shot that wins it all. Mm-mm. I don't think so. I think Pat Riley's going to unfortunately have to keep that silver. <laughs> no gold this year. He's going to have to come <laughs> back next year. He was like, Shuddy, Shuddy got his bags packed, ready to retire like Damn it, I gotta come back one more year. Especially because he was gonna get to get that title and beat LeBron. Listen, if he beats LeBron, listen. Oh my god. If LeBron loses this final. Oh my god. <laughs> oh listen, I personally should he even be the second best overall after listen, that point? No, he can't be. <laughs> <laughs> Melvin, don't listen right now. But listen, I'll, I'll rooting for the Lakers more than he's rooting for LeBron because the Lakers is his team. But if he listen, if LeBron loses this final, oh, ooh, listen, I hate to, I'm a LeBron fan, but man, it will probably be more enjoyable seeing the flux that will come out <laughs> if he loses this final, man. It'll be entertaining to say the least. Hey, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, but you might be moving up to number two overall. <laughs> All the revisionist history would come into play so crazy. I mean, he can't lose this final. It is set on a platter for him. He has to go to Miami. Right. This thing. Dude, if he loses this final, boy. Oh. (laughs) I mean, I'm kind of rooting for it because the storylines for us doing this. Oh, that would be a fun show. I'm totally rooting for it. I'm not even going to lie. I'm totally rooting for it. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be just hilarious. And I would just, listen, it'd be hilarious because I don't even know how it's going to happen. So to see it unfold and how that storyline would start popping out from, oh, this happened. What He didn't do this. He didn't, it would just be so crazy. To see the frustration. Listen, do you know how frustrated he would be if they start losing? He'd be, what, man? Just <laughs> is so upset. Calling out AD in the postgame oh, conference. <laughs> All this year, Frank Vogel did so well with his job to only end up getting fired because they lost because LeBron. Yeah, maybe LeBron fires some midway through the fire. You go, you go. They'd be like, Ty, Ty Lue the coach. They'd be like, Ty Lue ain't even on the stage. <laughs> Ty Lue the coach. <laughs> he lives in LA. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> In the staples, it's, what's the rules? Let me see what the rule book says. He hasn't moved to Englewood yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So there's no more for grabs, correct? That is it for me All this right. week. All right. Well, Deb, make sure you listen to Flipping Friends uh, this weekend. We took this week off. Uh, one of us was being a lover, and it was. Yes. Like- 
Well, you know me. I got to spread love around the world. As you did. As you did. You see, I look like Jesus for a reason, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, make sure you check out uh, this weekend's Flipping Friends. We'll drop it on Monday. Uh, probably going to give you a couple of more shows as far as football and uh, bring in some more guest interviews. We're trying to get some more social justice stuff. Uh, Ryan's working hard to make sure that, that comes to fruition. But just keep on uh, listening and supporting us, and we're keep trying to entertain you. It's a little bit of levity and also a little bit of insight. Please, I hope you enjoy us.